And we've got your favourite travel show on right now. Sally, Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein, to talk travel. And we're off to a rather exotic place today, Sally. Well, Jane, when I read this, it really intrigued me because I will be quite honest, I am not an expert on Myanmar. It's not part of history I studied at school or geography, etc. So when I read this, I just thought it was interesting to pass on to our listeners because it's in a very, very different part of Myanmar and it's very different in its ability to be able to get there. People haven't been able to get there, we'll put it that way. And as we've been saying before with rivers, that's how people always got to places. But of course, you know, not by road and not by air. So it's been isolated, this area of um, Burma or Myanmar. And it was just a little paragraph I'll read that's a traveller who'd been there in the earlier days. He, he went up this river called the, the Lumayo River to visit the monuments of what's called Mro'u, which have got some incredible monuments and temples there. And he went there in 1986. And they were so amazed to see a foreigner, they asked him to sign a visitor's book. Anyway, he returned in 1993 and was asked to sign the visitor's book once again on the same page as seven years before. So that's how many visitors there'd been. And apart from the monuments there, he said it was one of the best journeys he'd ever made and nothing could get you closer to the people and their very different culture there. So Pandor River Expeditions, who have been starting these cruises into Burma, and the other thing I should mention to you, which we have talked about before, is they're also a charity that they have, the, the charity hosp- the hospital they run, and all money's collected, you know, off passengers and part of your fare goes towards running the charity hospital that goes around all these areas of Indochina and helps people that can't get to hospitals and get medical attention. So that's, you know, they're doing something good for the community as well. So not many pages in the visitor's book have been turned, as we said, and it's, apparently it's been impossibly difficult to get to, and accommodation, of course, is quite challenging. There was really nothing there where you could stay. So to go there by river now makes a heck of a lot of sense for them to go into this part of Burma that you wouldn't normally probably be able to stay in unless you were staying with a family or something, you know what I mean? So, But it was a temple city that was once the capital of an important kingdom that served as a buffer between India and Burma. And in the 18th century, it was absorbed by conquest into the Burmese Empire. And its most powerful Buddha was carried across the mountains to be enshrined into this temple in Mro'u. So it's been described as missionaries back then. It was very cosmopolitan and a centre of high culture back in those days. The king at the time surrounded himself with Japanese samurai bodyguards and Portuguese mercenaries provided him with artillery. And apparently there's a book called Land of the Great Image, which apparently encapsulates this period. And it's really a great read, apparently, if you're interested in the history of this area. So apparently there's an enormous amount to see here with several important temples as art as well, historically important, as well as being famous Buddhist sites in Southeast Asia. And apparently they say they rank along, you know, the ones in Pagan, Angkor, in Barubador. And that one I have been to in Indonesia, and it's a fascinating ancient temple and lots of sculpture galleries as well and a lot of it's in the um, carved in the Guptan Indian style so you're getting that little bit of difference a visible visible uh, should I say difference of the uh, culture as it was standing in the crossroads between you know two different different areas but there are other areas you can see there as well called Sitway which they go into and Akyab and um, you can actually fly into there now and it's a delightful port city with well preserved colonial buildings and they're saying it's one of the last intact colonial cities left in Burma as the Chinese have yet to get there. Mm. So 
that's interesting as well. So they take you to all these places and also where the maybe the vessel can only go so far, depending on the, the width and depth of the river, they have speedboats that take you further and they take you up to a, a village called the Tattoo Village and all the people, women included, look a little bit like the Maori almost if you look at them. They're, they're tattooed people. So it's an area, the Arakan area, which is called is um, Lost in Time and it's sort of far more backward and poor than the Irrawaddy area, which is where the normal cruises run. So I just thought, isn't this interesting that we're really opening up, as we keep saying, these different areas that we can forge into, but still not in a way that's going to harm the ecosystem. Like in a very small ship, it only takes 16, or it has 16 cabins, which means a maximum of 32 passengers. Um, and you, so it's, it's getting you there, but it's not starting until next year, unfortunately. This is a way off. They're still in the middle of, you know, building their vessel. And but this is a planned itinerary, and they're hoping to explore more areas of this region in the future. So we are opening up all these wonderful little pockets. The world is your oyster, as we keep saying. And for anyone that's travelled extensively and thinks there's nowhere left to see in the world, there sure is. There's, there's a lot out there we can still explore and learn from as well. And we are talking travel. We do it for our sponsor, Travel on King. And Sally Lucas... We're a little bit closer to home now. We certainly are, Jane. We've gone from one extreme to the other, haven't we, from um, Burma to Australia. But um, that's okay. That's all good. Um, what brought it to mind that I would talk about South Australia today, I'm sitting here and thinking, wow, doesn't time fly when you're having fun? And it's been a year since we did our road trip down there. And I can't believe it's been a year. But it was a fabulous, fabulous trip to do. And if you've got the opportunity to do a road trip, I always say it's a great thing to do anyway because, you know, you can pull up and stop wherever you feel like it and take your time. And, but if you don't have that time, of course, there's nothing wrong with getting on a plane and flying to Adelaide. You could still hire a car then once you're there because I think you really, uh, to experience Kangaroo Island in particular, it's much better to be doing it by car. Um, try not to drive too much at road at night, rather, because of the roadkill situation. It has a heap of wildlife on the island, a lot of kangaroos, wallabies. You know, you don't want to be involved in that. So we always say to people, and they do over there as well, because the roads aren't all lit at night, same as when you go to a lot of these other more you know remote islands and locations. But certainly a magnificent island, and from from rugged beauty to beaches to it's just about got everything. And I mean, you get across by ferry on Sea Link from um, Cape. Jarvis, which is just on the Fleuria Peninsula, and it's a short crossing. Or, again, even if you wanted to, you can fly from Adelaide to Kangaroo Island and still hire a car. Or, for the senior people who don't wish to do that, there are adequate coach tours as well that operate either from here, complete, like you could join one all the way from here and do a long coach tour, or you could join one out of Adelaide, of course, and just do a, a short coach tour. Having it's, said that... It's actually quite big, isn't it's it? It's huge. An I think it's... A se- one of the, is it the second largest after Tassie? I wouldn't be surprised. But it's a, it's, I've just forgotten the exact, you know, hectares of it now and kilometres, but it's quite a distance. Like we were staying right up the, if you like, the, um, the Great Southern Ocean end, away from the, uh, the ferries, the opposite end, of course. And that still took a couple of hours. Um, to get to where we were staying at Southern Ocean Lodge. So, and we really only had time to do that coastline because we only had like four nights there. So to me, you really need a minimum of a week, even a bit longer, if you really want to do it justice. The wildlife is unbelievable, you know, just to go and see the seal colonies, to go and see all of these wonderful creatures, even the koala habitat there. You know, you'd be guaranteed to see many koalas like we're losing them here you know due to all sorts of reasons and deforestation but you're going there and you're getting to see wonderful 
It's a mini Galapagos is what it's called, really. And you can even do swimming with, you know, dolphins and all sorts of things like that. And they have a raptor show, which had only just been introduced when we were there, and they were going to increase the number of birds as they had them trained. But, you know, I, I love owls. I collect them. I'm, I'm an, an owl nut. And to see these beautiful creatures, and they were hiding. We didn't know they were there, and there's this little whistle. And they said, you're seeing them, you're looking at them, you know, how they d- disguise themselves so well. And suddenly a an owl would fly out of nowhere. And um, one of them was like a branch. Yes, it did. And one was hiding in a hole in the tree. It was very clever. And it was the white one, you know, the masked white Mm. coloured owl, which is beautiful. And I was enwrapped, came and sat on me and had this wonderful picture taken. But it's used to people mainly having dark colours and jeans. Isn't it funny? There was a lady up the back that had yellow pants on. Wouldn't sit on her. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yes, so the colours mean something to animals. You just don't know, do you? But it, but that don't miss it. If you're over there, do the raptor, do the sea lion. You know, there's just so much. And it was, you know, discovered quite early on in our history in Australia because Baudin, who was one of the French navigators, did a lot of. That's why we've got all those French names: Kangaroo Island, even down the Dontrecastra Channel in, you know, Tassie, round Tassie. He he discovered a lot, um, of which he doesn't get as much justice for, I don't think, as some of our other navigators and explorers have done. So definitely if you've got time to have a week at least on Kangaroo Island, do so. Adelaide, lovely little city, pretty little city, easy to get around, beautiful central markets, similar to the Queen Vic markets in Melbourne, which are a must. They're fantastic markets. And then, of course, the wineries. I mean, you know, what more could you say? The Limestone Coast, the, you know, the McLaren Vale, the Barossa, the Harndorf German village. You've got the Flinders Ranges. There's so much to see and do around Adelaide. And also, when you're doing the Limestone Coast near those wineries, you've got Narracourt, which we've mentioned before, which is the ancient cave system that they've found, where they found fossilised remains of kangaroos and wombats that were as tall as this room and the kangaroo certainly was the wombat might have been as tall as the room but he was almost as long as the kangaroo was tall so we had giant animals back in our early days and they fell through these sinkholes and this is how they've been able to reconstruct so they're living caves where they're still you know digging and getting remains so it's fascinating if you want to do that as well and do the narracourt caves our country has so much to offer as we keep saying but south australia if you've not been there or given it enough time, please do. It's a, it's a lovely state. And, of course, as we all know, they have many wonderful things there like Grand Prix, festivals, you know, art, etc. as well, all going along with that. So a lot to offer. <laughs> Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFN.